My name's Caleb, and uh, I'm one of the leaders here at Gateway. Um, is anybody, or has anybody in the past, taken out a gym membership in January? Put your hand up or wave at me if you have taken out a gym membership in January. Okay, not many people in the room, interestingly. A few people, quite a few people on Zoom waving at me. Uh, did you know that 12% of all new gym memberships are taken out in the month of January? It's a popular month uh, to take out a gym membership. Uh, unfortunately, 80% of those people who sign up in January quit within five months. So if you're going to do it this January, try and defy these statistics, okay? Uh, while kind of, January is a popular time, isn't it? Making New Year's resolutions, and we're going to be thinking about that together uh, this morning. But uh, I, while I was looking up these statistics, I came across some other interesting ones about gym memberships. Okay, did you know that 13% of those who have a gym membership admit to lying about going to the gym, as in, they admit that they tell their nearest and dearest, I'm just going to the gym, dear, I'll be back soon, and don't actually go to the gym. 13% of people lie about going to the gym when they are not. And 30% of people with a gym membership admit to going to the gym and actually never breaking a sweat because they get too busy talking to people and it's just basically a social activity. 50% of people with a gym membership, that is half of all people who use gyms, uh, actually say that one of the main reasons they go to the gym is to check out members of the opposite sex. Did you know that? 50%. And apparently that is quite successful because 10.5% of people with gym memberships live with somebody they met at the gym. Isn't that a really high statistic? I was surprised by that. 10.5% of people with a gym membership end up living with somebody they met at the gym. Apparently, in America, Americans spend $1.8 billion every year on gym memberships that are never used once. <laughs> it's a lot of money, isn't it? That means 6.3% of all Americans have a gym membership that is never used, apparently. I thought that was quite incredible. Now, uh, I have a little theory here that is probably heretical, but we're going with it anyway, because it's just my own theory, and I'm stating it's a theory. It's not biblical at all. I have a theory that Timothy in the Bible was a bit of a gym bunny, as in he liked working out. He, he liked going, I don't know, if, they had gymnasiums in Roman times, didn't they as well, yeah? I think he quite liked going and working out. And uh, because Paul, when he's writing to 1 Timothy, in the, writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, uh, Timothy's this kind of young leader, and, uh, and Paul writes to him, and, uh, and he says this. He says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. That is basically the only verse that gives me any evidence that he might have been a gym bunny, just to kind of put that out there. But I just kind of wonder, was, was Timothy, did he quite like going to the gym and looking a bit buff and working out? And Paul, this kind of older, wiser man, is saying to him, look, physical training is good. There's nothing wrong with getting fit in January. There's nothing wrong with going and working out and keeping physically healthy. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. 
I want to suggest and I want to invite you to this January, you, you can take out a gym membership if you want. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It is good and I would encourage you to defy those statistics if you are going to do it. But I want to make you a proposal that I think is much better, that has benefits in this life and in the life to come. I want to invite you to get fit for purpose this January. This is what we're going to be talking about today. What do I mean by this? What I mean is for, for us, there is an invitation. We are inviting you, I am inviting you to ready and position yourself to be used by God in his purposes. That's what I mean when I say getting fit for purpose. Some people kind of shudder at those words because it means redundancies are coming in your workplace when somebody says fit for purpose. I mean to ready and position ourselves to be used by God in his purposes. Well, what is our purpose? We need to define that first, don't we? We need to kind of think through, well, what, what is our purpose in God? Well, for us as a church, the way we describe this, our purpose, is that we believe that God has called us to be a people who proclaim and demonstrate the good news of God's kingdom. That's what it means to be part of Gateway Church. That's what it means to be a member of this church, is that you are part of this group of people who say God has called us to be a people who proclaim and demonstrate the good news of God's kingdom. What does this look like? What does it look like to be a people who proclaim and demonstrate the good news of God's kingdom? What, one of the, you know, we can sometimes... I don't know, get a bit bogged down in the, in the detail of that. And, and for us as a church, we've always had quite a kind of broad and wide vision. Like we don't narrowly define that purpose of, of proclaiming and demonstrating God's kingdom. It can be all kinds of different things, but through them, I would suggest the kind of common themes that, that you would kind of see if you looked at, what, if, you, if you asked the question, what does it look like? to be a people who proclaim and demonstrate the good news of God's kingdom. I would suggest it looks like love. <laughs> it looks like joy. It looks like peace. It looks like patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. These are commonly known as the fruit of the Spirit. These are the, the things that, that God produces in our life. This is the fruit that Paul talks about of people who are following the Holy Spirit's leading. And these are the things that transform the world. These are the things that bring God's kingdom about, right? Love and joy and peace. That's, these are all words you can use to describe God's kingdom when his kingdom is advancing. And these are the things that God can produce, the Holy Spirit can produce in our lives. But here's the thing. <laughs> My experience, I don't know if yours is the same or if it's just kind of me, but these fruits that we talk about, they don't just automatically appear in my life. I don't wake up, in fact, in no morning of my life ever have I woken up and, and been a more joyful person automatically just because that happens, right? I, I don't know, maybe I'm just unusual and for some people you just wake up day by day feeling more joyful naturally. That doesn't happen for me. I don't, I don't wake up every day feeling more patient than the last naturally. I, I, that just kind of doesn't happen for me if I'm honest. 
And I, I don't think it happens for many of us. So how do we, if we want to be a people who proclaim and demonstrate the good news of God's kingdom, if we want to be people who, who, who this fruit is kind of evident in our lives, then how do we grow this fruit? Which probably will be the same answer to the question, how can I be fit for purpose? Let's see what Jesus says about this. This is in John 15. Uh, verses 4 to 5. Jesus says this, he says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As, as time goes on, I am solidly mid-30s these days, and I would say my experience of life is that I cannot produce any fruit apart from Jesus, right? In fact, I would go so far as to say that I would, without Jesus, I would be and can be heading in the opposite direction. Things are actually going downhill without Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing. This is what Jesus seems to be saying, but the good news is that remaining in him produces, what does he say, produces much fruit. That's what happens when we remain in him, we produce much fruit. If, if I could try and summarize this into one statement that if you, if you don't hear anything I say this morning and you just take away one thing from today, this is what I would want you to take away. The one biggest determining factor of fruitfulness in your life and in my life is our connection to Jesus. That is the, the one big idea that I would love you and, and me, and I'm kind of compelling myself to take this away from today as well. The one biggest determining factor of fruitfulness in our lives is our connection to Jesus. It, he is the vine. We are the branches. And the branches only produce fruit if they are connected to the vine. The better connected to the vine they are, the more fruit they produce. How do we get fit for purpose this January? We work on our connection to Jesus the true vine. What is connection? It's relationship. We seek to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Do you want to be a more loving person? It's not a rhetorical question. Do you want to be a more loving person? Yeah. Yes. Work on your connection with Jesus. Do you want to be more patient with your children? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Work on your connection to Jesus. Do you want to be more joyful? in the midst of life's challenges. Yeah. Work on your connection with Jesus. Do you wanna be a person of peace who others, when life throws, challenging, throws challenges their way, are flapping around? You wanna be just deeply rooted in peace. If you want that, work on your relationship, your connection 
with Jesus. That's, that's like, I think if I could just do like one talk over and over every single Sunday of my life, that would be the one I would, I would come to. Because for me, this is, what it, this is what being a Christian distills down to. If you want to be kind of fit for purpose, if you want to be used for his purposes, if you want to be a person of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, etc., we've just got to work on our relationship with Jesus. Let's not make Christianity complicated with all these rules and regulations and trying to, you know, let's not overcomplicate it. At the end of the day, the one biggest determining factor of fruitfulness in our lives is our connection to Jesus. So let's get really practical about this. How do we deepen our relationship with Jesus? Well, I want to suggest that because it's a relationship, again, it's not rocket science. (laughs) How do you build a better relationship if you're married with your other half or with your children or with a friend even? How do you deepen a relationship with somebody? You get intentional about spending time with that person, don't you? Like a a, a one-off statement of good intent doesn't get us very far when it comes to investing in and building a relationship, does it? Like platitudes only go so far. A little short burst of seeing somebody three times in a week and then never seeing them again, it's not going to deepen our relationship with that person. The only way I want to suggest that we can develop and deepen our connection to Jesus, the the true vine, our relationship with him, is to get disciplined about it. Okay, now I don't know about you, but that word discipline, you know, sometimes we go, oh, hang on a minute, he's going to boil this down to like reading my Bible and praying. (laughs) Like, really? I've heard this so many times before. I want to suggest that if, you're to, if you find anyone, like I said, I'm like solidly mid-30s these days. If you find anyone in this church who you admire their relationship with Jesus, somebody who's walked the walk for many, many years, if you look under the surface, I can almost 100% guarantee what you will find is somebody who is disciplined about their relationship with Jesus. Discipline doesn't have to be a big scary, horrible word. Because at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is getting disciplined about spending time with the creator, all-loving God of the universe. That's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about being disciplined about doing horrible things. This isn't like you know, physical training where you're trying to run a marathon and you're out at 5am every morning in the rain and the cold. We're talking about being disciplined, about spending time with the most loving being who has ever been. It's, it's hardly painful, is it, to spend time with the loving creator God. But we do have to get disciplined about this. That would be my kind of advice and my kind of just observation of of people who have walked the walk for many years and who have that connection with Jesus is we have to get intentional and we have to get disciplined. The disciplines themselves are not, you know, this isn't about them. (laughs) They, They don't, there's no power in the actual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines we talk about, they just lead us to Jesus who changes us, who meets us in that place. They deepen our connection 
with him. Now, between January the 1st and Easter Sunday, there are 94 days, apparently including both of those days, okay? 94 days is, is a growing season in my mind. You can grow serious fruit in, a, you know, in an allotment or a veg patch in 94 days. I want to encourage us, I want to invite you to see the first three months of this year from January the 1st to April the 4th as growing season, an opportunity to get fit for purpose together, to, to get some disciplines in place that will become habits that will feed us for a lifetime, that will result in fruitfulness, okay? Now, I'm not gonna get into all of the detail of everything in terms of the disciplines we're gonna be inviting you to, to kind of take part in. What I'm gonna do um, is um, kind of around about the end of this service, you will be sent, if you're on any of our kind of communication channels, you will be sent a menu of disciplines, okay? And the reason we're calling it a menu is because this is not a you know, list of like, we want you to do everything on this list. This is an opportunity to see some creative ways of saying, okay, these are some things we could do together pick some of them, you know, if your starting point, Richard Foster always says about the disciplines, you know, if you, an occasional jogger doesn't just suddenly enter a marathon, you start where you are and you just build from there. So for you, it might literally just be doing one or two things off this menu and saying, I, I can do that, I can stretch to that and I'm going to commit to that. For some of you, this might be like easy peasy, I'm going to do this and then a whole load more as well. You've just got to decide, well, where am I at in terms of my spiritual disciplines and how can I kind of commit to and get serious about this, get intentional about it, commit to it, ask your life group to keep you accountable about this stuff. There is a menu of things that we're going to be just kind of presenting to you to, to look at and say, okay, I'm going to commit to these. There's some creative things on there. There's some stuff that will be, you know, kind of throughout as, as a daily discipline. So some ideas for a morning, like doing a Bible reading plan all together at the same time, having a time of silence, praying for different things on a morning. Maybe even one of the options is at, at noon every day, just stopping whatever you're doing and praying the Lord's Prayer together. I've been doing this for a while, set an alarm on my phone and it just goes off at 12 o'clock every day and I stop whatever I'm doing and I pray the, the words of the Lord's Prayer and then some ideas for something to do on an evening as well. So there are some daily disciplines there that, that I think will be really helpful to us. There are some other things that we would encourage you to do as well, like on a weekly basis, there's an option to fast. Um, within life groups, we'll be encouraging people to, to kind of get serious about praying as well, and there'll be a time of prayer in each of your, each meeting that your life group um, has together. The other thing I just want to spend a, a moment looking at is we want to start the year well. This is 2021. 2020 has been a year, hasn't it? Like, there are years and then there are years. Like, 2020 has been a year. And uh, we want to start 2021 in the right way, in the best way we possibly can, by having 21 hours of prayer, starting 2021 with 21 hours of prayer. So how are we going to do this? We've done this previously with things like um, 80 hours of prayer um, or things like that, where you can sign up for an hour slot and commit to pray. We're not going to have an actual prayer room here, uh, but there will be a virtual prayer room on Zoom um, so that if you want to, um, you can kind of join with others who are also signed up for that hour slot and you can pray together. You can do it on your own if you wish as well. But we're going to be starting literally at midnight on 
well, I don't know, do you call it midnight? At zero, zero, 100 hours on January the 1st. So the moment we tick over into 2021, we're going to be starting 21 hours of prayer. Uh, on this sheet, this menu that you will get, there will be a, 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 a link to a sign-up sheet where you can sign up for an hour. And then we'll all end it together with a joint prayer meeting at 8 p.m., finishing at 9 p.m., and that'll be our 21 hours of prayer to start 2021. Okay, so I just want to kind of mention that, but like I said, this menu will come your way with just some different options. What can I commit to um, to do this um, together? And, and so that's it. That's the invitation for, for this, for next year, for 2021 in January, for us to collectively get fit for purpose together, to collectively position ourselves for God to use us for his purposes, however he sees fit. We don't know what 2021 is going to hold. If, you know, if anyone could have guessed what 2020 was going to hold, you, you would be a very rich person right now. But, but none of us know next year what is going to happen. But we want to be ready, don't we, for whatever God wants to do. Who knows what church will look like next year? Church looks different at this point than it did at the start of the year. Who knows what things will look like um, by the end of next year? But we want to position ourselves well, be listening to God and being ready for him, you know, getting ourselves spiritually fit. Anyone feel a little bit spiritually flabby at the moment? I don't know about you, but I can feel that way at times. Rhythms and routines are trickier to manage when things are going crazy in the world. This is an opportunity to get spiritually fit and ready for all that God has in store for us. And you know what? I just want to stress this as I kind of finish up here. So musicians, why don't you um, come on up? This is an invitation, okay? This isn't a, like a big stick of like, come on, everybody, get disciplined. This is a question. <laughs> do, do you want to be a fruitful person? Do you want to be somebody who is, who, who at the end of your days, people look at your life and say, you know what, that person had a really deep relationship with Jesus. Like, look at them. They were so intimate with God. Do, do you want to be that person? Or do you want to be somebody who end, reaches the end of their life and thinks, well, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I did okay. And I, I just kind of meandered through life. I, I, my sense is that God is just inviting us, like he's always inviting us to, to just kind of get serious about our relationship with him, to get intentional. Those of you who are married, I don't know if, if this has ever happened in your marriage, but what a wonderful thing it is if, maybe this is a hypothetical situation, but like how, how wonderful would it be if your spouse came to you one day and said, you know what, I just, I want to be more intentional about our relationship. Let's get serious about this. Let's, let's, let's put in our diary every day a moment where we connect with one another. What, or what happens if a friend said that to you? What, what a great invitation that would be from a friend. I, I want us to up our friendship in 2021. So, so let's get intentional and put something in our diary on a regular basis. How would, how would that make you feel, like, to, to receive that kind of invitation? I believe that God is just inviting us and saying, do you want, do you want to do that? Do you want to, do you want to go deeper? Like, do you want to know me more in 2021? If so, let's, let's carve out some time together, okay? Let's put something in the diary so that it happens, because that's generally how we work, isn't it? As if it's, well, how I work anyway. If it's not in the diary, it doesn't happen. We, we're being invited here, and we, you can choose whether to do this or not. Nobody's going to force you into doing spiritual disciplines. There is an invitation. We do this because we get to, 
Because God first loved us, we love him back, right? That's how this works. It comes out of relationship, not out of some kind of legalism. It comes out of relationship with the creator God who who sent his son Jesus to die for us because he loves us that much, because he wants a relationship. More than even we want a relationship with him, he wants a relationship of intimacy and love with us. And he's always inviting us deeper into that relationship. What is our response going to be together? I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to spend some time worshipping. Father God, we thank you that you have first loved us. We thank you that your love for us just goes on and on and on forever. That we can't even begin to grasp or fathom how wide and high and deep your love for us is. God, we want to acknowledge that you sent your son Jesus to die so that, so that you could be in relationship with us, so that we could be acceptable to you. And God, we want to be the kind of people who, who hit the end of our days saying, I took advantage of that massively. <laughs> I, I didn't just rest on my laurels. I, I saw the opportunity for relationship with Jesus and I took it. We grasped what you did at the cross for us, Jesus with two hands, and we said, yes, thank you, God, that you want a relationship of intimacy with us. God, let us not be the kind of people who get to our final days with regrets of not giving you our all, of, of not giving our all to you, and, and taking your invitation to its fullest to enter into relationship with you. God, forgive us when we overcomplicate life and relationship with you. God, help us to just enter into simplicity, relationship with you. And from that relationship of intimacy with you, our connection to the vine, God, would 2021 be a fruitful year? God, we don't want to get too carried away talking about success. God, I would trade fruit for success any day of the week. We want to be fruitful people. People who our neighbours, our colleagues, our family members, our friends would describe with the words love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God, we want to be people who are marked by those things, not because we've tried to force growth in those areas, but because we have been people who know you intimately and can't help but being changed by the power of Jesus as we grow in intimacy with you. God, help us to prioritise time with you this January. Help us to know the truth that physical training is good, 
but training in godliness is much better. Help us to get our priorities ironed out in 2021 and position ourselves individually and collectively for your purposes. Where we can be used by you in mighty, powerful ways to demonstrate and proclaim the good news of your kingdom, God. Because that's what we're made for. That's our purpose. That's what we're created for. To bring you glory by seeing your kingdom come. Thank you, Father. We're going to respond now. We're going to worship together. Why don't we stand if you're in the room? And this is just an opportunity now to, to respond. You know, Jesus is always knocking at the door of our lives. <laughs> saying, can I come in? Can I commune and eat with you? Can I build my relationship with you? Jesus is knocking this morning. This is our opportunity to respond to him. And we're going to open it a crack, see who's there. We're going to keep it firmly closed and keep our own priorities. So we're going to open that door wide. Say, Jesus, come on in to my life. Commune with me. I, I want to deepen my walk with you, Jesus. Let's respond to him together.